Hello everyone and welcome to Lords of Gobtown. My name is Josh, I am a tabletop role-playing game creator. I'm currently working on publishing a setting where players assume the role of goblin slaves living in a dying mining town. This podcast serves to work on themes and mechanics that will help players and dungeon masters get into the goblin spirit, as well as create interesting and unique options for play. And now that you know what this is about, let's talk about some goblin shit on today's Lords of Gobtown. Hello everyone, it's been a couple of weeks since my last podcast. I started talking about traps and how I want them to work in my game, and today I kind of want to take a quick digression away from that. I do plan on putting out that uh, recording soon, but yesterday something happened to me that I thought was pretty amazing. As far as game creation goes, I usually stick to the standard uh, look at old modules and like dig through my own old hard drives of information that I've gathered along the way to try to cobble together something that makes sense and is interesting. And for Lords of Gobtown, I've been working on this idea for a couple of years now where I have an idea of, of, of a small local setting inside a greater campaign world. And I haven't really fleshed out the campaign world. All I have fleshed out is fleshed out, fleshed out is kind of the local color, what goblins in my setting would be immediately interacting with and not so much the lore of like anything else around that the the bygone eras the i have some small little ideas that i put together when i was looking at the geography of the world map the town that the players start in sudden township is a little bit west of a large ocean i know that and i know that there is further west like to the northwest there is a big mountain range and Sudden Township is nestled into uh, a large forest that is adjoining that mountain. And as you get closer to the coastline, it becomes this step of long, flat plains that end in short cliffs and that keep going down and down and down like big, giant steps going all the way down to the ocean. And so, you know, I... I think about like okay what's a good what's a cool mythological thing that could have happened at this point like did uh, the giants come down from the mountain and those are uh, the steps the giants use to go take their bath once a year and cause giant uh, you know torrents and storms to come up from the ocean into the mainland to kind of explain like you know springtime storms and things like that. I do all this kind of thinking while I'm at work. I usually, I have this problem where I, I hyper-focus on something that I'm interested in, whether that be game creation or I've pursued many dead-end hobbies in my life. But uh, I get so fixated on them that to, to, my, to my detriment, I, I lose focus on everything else around me. And so the last few weeks have been a lot like that for me. I've just moved into a new house. I have lots of work to do. 
with rewiring things and painting and I'm a house painter so that's you know what I do that's kind of the the expectation when I move into our new house is that I have to I have to paint everything the colors that um, my wife likes and so I've been working on that and I find myself at points where I'm just finishing up my work day at midnight and I'm looking around and I have to get up at six o'clock the next morning and I'm like wow fuck you know I have no I have no time to do the kind of writing that I enjoy I I have reduced myself to opening up my cell phone and opening up the notepad app and writing maybe two or three sentences throughout my day of ideas about like okay this is how you know uh movement rules work this is how magic might work this is and then i try to piece all that together whenever i do have you know maybe an hour or two off i scramble to my computer and i put it all together and i look at it and go okay that makes sense that makes sense this is this is shit i need to get rid of that start over and then it's a couple weeks of notepad opening on my phone again to try to fix things that you know it's none of it is the kind of focused attention that i really want to give it and it makes me feel like the the tunnel is just getting longer and longer and longer in front of me and that light is just getting smaller and smaller to the completion of lords of gobtown I've had these these times where I'm going to bed frustrated that I can't create, and then I'm going throughout my workday and I work on, you know, project projects of work. And yesterday, I sent out a or day before yesterday, sorry, I sent out a message to my gaming group about how I want. Uh, armor class to work or how I want the armor system in my game to work and it all made sense to me at the time it was notes that I'd cobbled together over the last couple of days but I was looking at everything and there was you know discrepancies right away I I posted a two paragraph blurb about how I want you know armor to be ablative and have soak properties and it was complicated and I have a tendency to overcomplicate things and so I like to get feedback from my group and see you know does this make sense does this work and I got no comment back on it and that's totally fine I, I put out a lot of crap for my gaming group to read and some of it gets read some of it doesn't so I wasn't frustrated at that, I was frustrated because I had spent, you know, a, a few days trying to come up with these ideas, and I thought it was solid, and I put it all together, and then I read it, and it was shit, and it made me feel like, again, that tunnel got really long, and I didn't know what to do. I, you know, <laughs> I was, uh, I was struggling to to find a way that I could make that, that rule cohesive again and, and put it back together. So I decided to put it out of my mind for the day. I know that when I hyper-focus, sometimes I get really focused in the wrong direction and I have to pull myself back and try not to think about it for the day, which totally did not fucking work. Just a heads up. (laughs) So I, uh, I open up my phone and I'm, just scrolling through my apps looking for uh 
the front page that I have on my phone that has my podcast app on it. Uh, I was going to open up like System Mastery and listen to some System Mastery episodes or something like that throughout my day. So that's a fantastic podcast, by the way. If you haven't listened to System Mastery, you should. I I, I highly highly recommend. Uh, it's a it's a podcast where two fantastic gentlemen uh, open up old role playing games and basically break them down in mostly negative ways <laughs> but it's it's great for game creators because it, it does teach you and give you perspective and make you make you more introspective about your own ideas and look at it and go like okay you know what i have a similar idea in my in my game and yeah that's shit i need to fix that so anyway i'm scrolling past i'm looking for my uh my podcast app I stumbled upon an old app that I had downloaded a year ago or so called AI Dungeon. Uh, AI Dungeon is basically a free like text adventure game that uses uh, an AI. It's over a network. It uses a pretty well-developed artificial intelligence to uh, generate the content and responses to how you play the game. So it's like a... Uh, you can set up there's many ways to set the uh to set the game up so that you can you can play in a pre-established um setting that somebody else has kind of made a bunch of keywords and rules for and it drops you in and you create a character and you can do all these things it's basically like role playing with a with an artificial intelligence but it also has this these other functions where you can choose to write your own setting and to create like your own uh, basic prompt for the AI to work with, and in that, you know, uh, it's 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 an incredible app. So when I opened the app, I hit you know continue, and it brought up an old adventure that I had started, you know, a year ago. Now I didn't remember anything about what had happened in the previous adventure i kind of scrolled back a couple like text blurbs just to kind of see what what was going on and it, it didn't really make a lot of sense uh i and i could not remember for the life of me what, <laughs> what i was doing in that game or whatever but you know i'm just sitting there on my lunch break so i just you know pop into the uh the text field it, it, you can choose whether you're saying something doing something or you're just adding to the story and then the ai like takes that into consideration and, and works with it and so i just kind of just dicking around <laughs> so I, I i shout up to the gods about my frustration with my rpg rules and uh and setting and i i asked it what kind of armor rules should I have in my role-playing game? And I knew that it was totally off-topic. It, I don't know how the AI was going to respond to it, but it was just like, a, I'm frustrated in my mind. I blurb it all out as like a frustrated text, like, let's see how you're going to fix my fucking game. And surprisingly, it had some really strong feedback. <laughs> uh... And so it asked it asked me what I care most about or what's what rules I'm familiar with. 
And so the three options that I was working on in my in Lords of Godtown were whether I should use like an ablative kind of armor where armor basically gets gets hit and damaged and basically falls off its benefit falls off of you after time and then you're taking damage to your hit points. Do I want a uh, a soak style armor class where armor will resist up to a certain amount of damage and then any overage like any overspill from that damages hit points or did I want to go for the classic you know armor class system from <laughs> TSR's second edition and so I typed all that out I said I'm I'm thinking about this this and this what would you recommend and it responded to me that it preferred ablative armor rules. <laughs> it said that uh, ablative armor, and it, 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 it explained these things in a not, like it wasn't just uh, reaching out into the ether and pulling out rules text for me to read. It was getting, it was gathering the idea of what ablative armor does and then how it would work in its game to me. And it was telling me that if my armor falls off, it's going to inspire me to fight harder because I have nothing to lose. <laughs> that I've already lost my, if I lose my armor, I have nothing to lose and I'm going to go, you know, all in. Which I thought was really interesting. I was like, okay, that's a highly heroic way to interpret what happens when you lose your form of protection, but all right. I think that's really interesting. And it gave like pros and cons for the other two. And it said that uh, it didn't like resistance because the enemies will fight harder trying to hurt me because they notice that their attacks aren't hurting me enough. <laughs> Which it sounds kind of childlike, but yeah, I kind of get that. If I if I try to split a block of wood and I don't split it with my first swing, I'm not going to hit it with the same force the next swing. I'm going to go a little bit harder and see if I can't split that block. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and it said it didn't like armor class because... It's less exciting, and it allows for two... Uh, what did it say? I don't have the, the text fields pulled up in front of me. I just wrote some quick notes because I thought it was super interesting. But it, it basically said that it draws out the fight, that armor class, uh, it's too much of an exchange of attacks, and it's not as dramatic. And it listed all these things out all in, in, the, in the app, uh, if you, if you're choosing not to say, do, or affect the story or anything like that, you can just hit a button that keeps prompting the AI to keep adding to what it's saying. And sometimes hitting that button too often drives the AI into like crazy spirals and corners and it, it doesn't bode well for, for anybody that's using the app. But, uh, it, you know, it kept ringing all these like bells in my head that like, yeah, that's a really 
interesting way to think about it that is outside of my head. It is a totally, you know, a, a totally different perspective that I would have, with my, uh, you know, lexicon of gaming knowledge, would have never thought of those kinds of armor systems to act like that, or that 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 it would influence, or uh, that it would give. Um, that it would inform the way that other characters in the world view me or view combat. So at this point I'm sitting there, my lunch break is completely over and I know I can't just keep sitting in my car and, and dicking around with this, but it, it was totally intriguing to me and I, I, things kept firing off in my mind and I was like, what else can I ask this thing? to help me with like please god fucking help me figure this out but what what else could i do with this and so you know eventually i put the phone back in my pocket climbed back out of my car got into my job site and continued working but it wasn't long before i pulled out my phone and i opened the app again and i just kind of looked over what the gods had said to me about armor systems and I thought, okay, you know what? This this app has a feature where I can basically create create the setting and situation and my character and role play things out. And I thought, how cool would it be to take elements from my setting and make a quick, you know, I'm not trying to build a whole the whole campaign setting in this app or try to you know, it won't work that way. But, you know, what I can do is create a small room where I'm talking to an NPC. And I'm getting feedback from that NPC about his life or her life or their world or, you know, what what an amazing lore building tool to sit there and not have these things pulled from my own mind because all of it will be colored by previous campaigns and it'll all have my flavor on it but to pull it from this artificial intelligence to actually pull it from another person and steer a conversation into finding out more about you know a, a completely random somewhat setting and completely random facts that have happened to this person and and to create flavor that way and so i know in my game i want to have a lot of that i want to have a lot of flavor text i want to have a lot of uh characters and because the the setting primarily is a it's a town it's not like a, a giant metropolis or the entire you know coastal edge of a continent it's a town that you can you know go outside of the town but it's small, it's local, it's, it's got to have depth and flavor and, and things that I usually love to sit down and figure out, but I don't have the time. And I don't, you know, not having the time and being structured, I, I know other creatives out there are, can sympathize that you don't just turn this shit on. It doesn't just come to you. You can't, you know, it comes in bursts. And that's why my, my notepad on my phone is full of hundreds of one-sentence documents 
of just like idea starters that like sometimes I'll just roll through and I'll find something that like, oh yeah, I had an idea about that and, and expand upon. So I'm going to spend the next part of this podcast. I'm going to create another segment and read what happened when I created this, this other environment to, to role play in. And, uh, and how it all went down. I thought it was it was pretty amazing. Uh, it made me feel like that sense of like cool wonder again. As, as a game creator, sometimes it's hard when you are doing all of the shaping and conditioning of things. You don't get to explore it as much. You can lose a little bit of the wonderment of what it's like to be inside of another setting. And I know that's that sounds really wooey and you know especially trying to explain these things to non <laughs> non role play uh, experienced people or you know everybody has that little bit of I, I love to explore uh, some of I think the 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 most productive and amazing games are the ones that have little to do with goals and more to do with exploration like you think of uh, you know, text adventure games, or uh, things like Minecraft, or there was a, I can't remember the name of it, but there was an amazing PlayStation game where you just basically explored under the sea. And that was it. There was no, you know, you ran away from scary sea creatures a little bit, but you're in the submarine and you just got to explore the environment. And that was really cool. And you know, I don't want to. I don't want to keep hammering that nail, but it, it's something that game creators lose out on. You just you don't get to explore your setting as much. You you can try to put yourself in that environment, but unless unless you're being influenced by an outside thing in such a way that you're not conscious of it, you're just creating things in your head and writing them down and and agonizing about small details. So. Anyway, I'm going to read this transcript. I'm going to try to do it in character. So uh, that should be laughably funny. <laughs> and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to give the inflection to the voices that I felt when I was reading it. And uh, it's, it's something that changed my... It, it really changed my day. It turned it around. It, it made everything feel like not a loss at all that... Even going through all that, you know, um, all that idea-scaping and work to have a dud rule and a dud, you know, idea come out didn't didn't ruin my day. I had an amazing I had an amazing time talking with an old goblin. So here we go. I wanted to go into a little bit of how I set up the environment and the prompts that I gave the AI to to work with on on this with me. So I I told him or sorry, I don't mean to say him. I told the AI that I am a, a tabletop role playing game creator. That's my character. The setting is a dirty bar. And that's all I gave it. And that I'm sitting next to a very old goblin. And we strike up a conversation. 
and that, you know, those four or five sentences were the block that the AI built on for us to start our, our conversation. And my goal for this was to, I wanted to talk to an old wise goblin about what it is and what it's like to be a goblin and why he's there. And some of those questions got answered and some of them didn't, but you know, it felt a lot like I was in a fantasy bar sitting next to this old goblin. And we we're just like stooled up next to each other. So here we go. It's a dramatic reading of my AI dungeon experience from yesterday. You are a role-playing game creator. You're in a dirty bar and sitting across from you is a very old goblin. You strike up a conversation. So what are you doing in this fine establishment? I ask. I'm looking for something, but I'm being very sneaky about it. Oh, you're looking for something and you don't want anybody to know about it? If it was easy, everyone would be doing it, am I right? Well, uh, what are you looking for? The goblin thinks for a moment and then grins. I'm looking for a way to get rid of my competition. Competition? Aren't goblins your friends? Goblins are not your competition. They're allies. Are you willing to bet your life on that? Well, no. <laughs> the goblin laughs. And you get up and go to the barkeep. Barkeep! Uh, another tankard of ram's piss and one for my friend as well, please. The barkeep laughs and turns to pour your drinks. The goblin looks up to you and you nod at him. Now, where were we? What is your name, my goblin friend? My name's Hideous. And I'm going to break from this as a narrator to say the AI came up with the name Hideous for a Goblin, H-I-D-I-U-S, which I thought was great. Back to the story. Nice to meet you, Hideous. My name's Josh. Josh takes a drink of his ram's piss and winces as he does so. You're an old goblin. I imagine you're very wise in the ways and customs of goblins. Hideous puts a paw in the air and begins to speak. Goblins are like dogs. You can make them do tricks, but you can't make them smart. <laughs> I've always wondered, do goblins use magic? The goblin shrugs. Mm, some of us do, but most of us don't need to. We have a lot of natural skills. Wisdom, speed, strength, etc. Well, what about you, Hideous? Do you know any spells? Hideous leans close to you and whispers in a hissing voice. I'm the greatest goblin shaman of all time. I invented the ancient art of ramsplaining. And you whisper back to him. What the hell is ramsplaining? Hideous looks around to make sure that no one else has heard the term. Then he leans in close to you and whispers in a hissing voice. 
explaining is the art of explaining things in a way that dumb humans can understand. Very funny, you little shit. Now tell me, what spells can you cast? Hideous stands up and stretches his arms high over his head, and then he lets out a dry, cracking voice. I can shatter mountains with the power of my mind. I can burn the earth with my thoughts. I can summon hurricanes, all with the power of my mind. I can control the undead. I can bend the will of others to mine. I can ramsplain. Ramsplain! Ramsplain! You clap loudly, and the barkeeper looks at you angrily, and you wave him off. Have you ever raised a dead rat? Hideous laughs and sits back down. I never raised a dead rat, but I've controlled a few corpses. Oh? You ask? Hideous takes another drink and thinks for a moment. When I was a boy, I made a deal with a fairy to be her slave. And in return, she would give me power. I was to bring her a human heart every month, and it would give me more power. When I went to sleep that night, I would scatter the ashes of the dead to the winds. You were a killer. What sort of people did you kill? Hideous smiles. The fairies I served were evil. They demanded that I take the life of a newborn child every month to feed their foul little appetites. And did you? Sure. I would have done it for free, but at last I got so fed up with the whole thing that I decided to stop. The fairy queen was not pleased and cursed me. I became a weak and feeble husk of a goblin and had to hide in a hole in the ground. I could not control the dead, and so I sealed myself in. How long ago was this, Hideous? Oh, hundreds of years ago. Before that time, goblins were great warriors. We used to serve the great raven, and fight the lizard folk and other creatures in the mountains. Hundreds of years ago? How is that possible? Goblins only live for a few decades at best. Hideous shrugs. It's not my fault. I have no idea how it's possible, but it's the truth. You order a couple more tankards of ram's piss. The bartender rolls his eyes, but pours the tankards nevertheless. You and Hideous drink and drink and drink and drink some more. You finally notice that all the patrons of the bar are goblins, and Hideous notices too. Is this your competition? Hideous looks around and he leans in. What is it that you want? I simply want to know more about your kind. How did you come into being? Hideous begins to tell you his story, and as he speaks you notice several things. His face looks as if it's been chiseled out of stone. His eyes have a dead, hollow look to them. He's a bit of a string bean, and smells of rotten eggs. Three hundred years ago, there were a great many fairies in the world. The great raven was one of the first to be killed, and the last of the line was slain by the great raven's son. 
So how did the goblins come into being? The goblins are the descendants of the great raven's grandson, who was cursed by the fairy queen when she refused her a wife. He was so cursed that his body could not contain the powers that the great raven's blood contained. Instead, the powers went into the earth and spawned the first goblin. <laughs> what was the first goblin's name? Karsa. So, are you the first goblin? Hideous nods. Why did you change your name to Hideous? I was already well known by my original name, and it was the easiest way to keep the others from knowing my real name. You and Hideous drink some more, and then Hideous continues his story. I already told you about the great floods that swept away my entire tribe in a single night. After the waters had calmed, some of us had survived and made it to the shores of the new land. No, you didn't talk about that yet, but I remember the great drowning. Oh, I remember, Hideous says. The great drowning was a night of miracle, and I was one of the survivors. Hideous pauses a moment, and then clears his throat. How did you survive? Hideous looks to the ceiling as if collecting his thoughts and then continues. We were all lost in the waters, and many did not survive the initial sinking. Those that did were in such a state that they could not swim, and thus they sank to the bottom of the water. That's a tragic tale indeed, Hideous. What happened when you swam to shore? How did you survive all these years? Hideous gets up and walks over to the window, and he looks out at the moon for a moment, and then he turns to you. I swam as far as I could. I was in the water for three days. On the third day, I reached the shore, and the water seemed to recede. I walked away from the sea. Hideous breathes deeply as if collecting his strength. After that... I hid in a hole in the ground and remained there for hundreds of years. Hole in the ground? You mean the cave system outside of town? There was another goblin tribe there, if the legends are true. Hideous nods. The legends are true. Hideous looks at you. But I no longer need to live in hiding. My time has come. And that's as far as I've taken it. I am interested to see what happens with Hideous at the end of this story, but I don't know. You know, I, I've kind of grown fond of this guy. And I don't want to know what happens when his time comes. <laughs> I fell victim to uh, a dramatic goblin. <laughs> In a dirty bar, telling me a story about a somewhat flawed and the facts don't always line up story about how he's the oldest goblin. He's the first goblin. Spawned from a fairy queen's curse. And I have a bar in my setting called Jeers, which is a, you know, it's a stupid play on the, the, the show Cheers. But I imagine Hideous sitting in cheer in jeers, 
just an old ignored goblin that's there, you know, every day. Nobody seems to to pay him much mind. But that could be a big plot point for the player characters in my in my game who what else would hideous know about the surrounding area he's so old he's hundreds of years old he's older than the town he's older than the current goblin tribe that lives with you know that that the local goblin tribe that lived near sudden township that lived near gobtown And it's just those sort of things where I can take that idea and, and run with it and, and write. And I have copy-pastable text from an AI that, <laughs> that generated it. And I don't know the legality of whether or not, you know, it's, it's legal for me to, to copy what an artificial intelligence has written out for me to read and place it inside of a, uh, inside of my own PDF, but... I, maybe I'll cite AI Dungeon as one of the sources for my material. But it got me thinking, like, okay, I can create uh, I can create a room and talk to somebody about setting. I can talk to somebody about what they do, what they make, what they're I can I can I can prompt the AI to, to explain to me what sitting inside of this fur trader's caravan feels like. And I can try to find out if there's anything hidden there or, you know, little setting details that I can add, you know, little markers for in in the PDF, in the, like a little map that I envision for, for these areas. And I have to say that this is probably one of the best tools I've found for me to help inspire me to keep moving forward. That it's something that it's it's content that I can absorb that is very related to my, the subject that I want to work on. And that I can expand upon and change and I'm not trying to have this artificial intelligence write this game for me, but it gives me something to build off of it's something i'm much stronger at which is taking something that exists and extrapolating it <laughs> to fit something that i like or to, to to deconstruct it and build it back again into something that works for me so for anybody out there that's listening i strongly urge you to to check out a program like this uh, and to set it up in such a way that you can you can ask your own setting <laughs> what it's like. And, and I'm still gonna be working on this. I'm still gonna I, I might even put in a little uh, a little extra bonus episode later on about what other things I've made my AI dungeon program do for me, <laughs> whether that's generating spell lists or who knows. Uh, but, I just thought it was very interesting to see uh, how I could step outside of my own brain and still get so invested in something that I feel like is still my my property. So 
Anyway, I hope everybody out there has a great week. I wanted to remind everybody that if you have any questions, comments, anything that you would like to to send or add to me, uh, please do so. I have an email set up for Lords of Gobtown, and it's very simple. It's just lordsofgobtown at gmail.com, and that's just G-O-B-T-O-W-N, Gobtown. So yeah, hit me up with anything that you can think of. I would love to get some feedback. I would love to hear if you guys have done anything similar or to point me into the direction of other other tools and, and things that I could use that, that would help me stay on track, especially for somebody, if it's, if it's a tool that's somebody like me where I don't have really enough time at all <laughs> to do this, but I still, I'm going to do it. I have to do it or else my, my hyper-focus isn't going to work well for me. I need, I, need, I need to get this out. So anyway, thank you all for listening very much. Have a fantastic day. This podcast was written and produced by me, Josh Waveday of Rat Spit Productions. The intro and outro music was done by friend of the show, Scott Williamson. No animals were hurt during the recording of this podcast, so you can at least feel good about that. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time, gobshits.